0: Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ and visitors who have come with us, who then also make up the congregation for us. This hour we must bring to a close, to a conclusion, the life and times of Abraham. As someone mentioned, I started it about 20 years ago, picked up on it again um, about a year ago, and finally brought and come to the last sermon in this series, The Life of Times of Abraham, a conclusion. Quite appropriately, I believe, we close this series off with speaking about the last years of Abraham and also his subsequent death as well. Now, we have read from God's Holy Word several passages. We've read from Hebrews 11, a summary of the life and times of Abraham. This, as is called, this hero of faith. And we must not forget this aspect in this message because, indeed, Abraham is considered by the Word of God to be a hero of faith. In other words... He accomplished certain things that we should also aspire to as well, to become a hero of faith, you see. And of course, that can only be come about through the gift of God in us. So we have also read then from Genesis 25, 1 through 10, where we have described for us Abram's last years and his death. Lastly, we've read from our text then, Genesis 15 and verse 15, where we have the promise of God specifically made to Abram in earlier days already, so that he was told that he would be a father in peace, or rather that he would, should go to his fathers in peace, and that he would be buried in a good old age. Now with all this then as background We have a theme for the last message in this series, The Life and Times of Abraham Concluded. First, then something about Abram's last years. Secondly, Abram's death and burial. And then lastly, Abram's faith. So first, then, Abram's last years. Now, congregation appears that sometime after Sarah's death, Abraham remarried. Now, you must remember that when Sarah died, Abram was already 137 years old. How soon after Sarah's death, Abram remarried, that we do not know. Scripture doesn't tell us. But, and this I believe is significant, the woman who Abram married by the name of Keturah never attained to the status that Sarah had. Only Sarah was Abram's full-fledged and beloved wife and companion, Sarah, only Sarah. Keturah and before that Hagar, before her, were never more than concubines to Abram, as you can read of, for instance, in verse 6 of Genesis 25. Now, a concubine is, as my Bible dictionary uh, describes her, a secondary wife, acquired by purchase or as a war captive. Concubines, they were protected under Mosaic laws, though they were distinguished from wives and were more easily divorced and sent away as well. Besides all of that, the children of concubines never had the same rights of inheritance as the children of a wife, In fact, they could even be disinherited as well. Well then, sometime after the death of Sarah, Keturah became a concubine to Abraham. Where she came from, again, we do not know. And her name doesn't tell us much either, other than that it means the perfumed one. Keturah, the perfumed one. But it is remarkable that Abram still obtained and raised up six sons by Keturah, and their names are also mentioned here for us, Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, uh, Ishbak, and Shua. Now, this may not mean very much to us at this time, except to remember that And this is important, that God once promised Abram in Genesis chapter 17 verse 4 that he would be a father of the nation of Israel. No, more than that. He would be the father of many nations. Well, now, these six sons, you see, certainly helped in bringing that promise to fulfillment because we can read and study this from Scripture because from Yakshan, for instance, descended the Assyrians, and from Midian descended, the obviously, the Midianites. And it may be concluded that many of the Arab tribes and nations of today even descended from those six sons who Abram raised by Keturah. And in this way, you may see again that that the promises of God are being fulfilled, and they were being fulfilled to Abram that he would be the father of many nations. And his descendants, as we are told in Hebrews 11 verse 12, as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Therefore, the marriage of Abram to Keturah can be justified. As, for instance, Martin Luther rightly argues this point. And he says, and I quote, that Abram saw that he was to beget more children in order to fulfill the promise of Genesis 17 and verse 4. And so, in faith, he proceeded to enter upon another marriage. That is Martin Luther's interpretation. So, Abram's marriage to Keturah and the receiving of six sons through her brought God's promises closer to fulfillment that Abram would indeed be the father of many nations. Now, Abram understood, of course, that there was to be a difference and a distinction made between Isaac, his son from Sarah, and the other sons. So in due time... We read as well that Abram gave gifts to all the other sons and he sent them away in order to make a living for themselves in the eastern parts of, perhaps, Arabia and away from Isaac, his son. Separation was required. There was therefore to be a separation between the son of promise, or you could also call him the son of faith, that is Isaac, and the other sons, the sons of the flesh, so to speak. And this was really the last act of Abram's life, ensuring that there would indeed be such a separation and distinction between those of the faith and those of the flesh. And this was a necessary separation, a necessary distinction, because Isaac and his descendants would have to be a separate people, you see, and a separate nation before God a people and a nation that were called to become, be devoted to serving the living God. And Abram saw this, he understood this already, and he, in his own lifetime, initiated such a separation then as well amongst his sons. And again, we may say that this was indeed an act of faith for Abraham. Now, dear people, Small application, but I believe it is important for us. Separation is a necessary consequence of faith. We are, so the Bible tells us, we are in the world, but not of the world, as the Apostle John tells us. No, we are not to separate ourselves, as some sects have done in the past and still continue to do, and live as recluses. But we are to separate ourselves from the sinful influences of this world and from sinful activities that the world engages in for instance 2 Corinthians 6:17 and 18 tells us this come out from among them and be separate says the lord do not touch what is unclean and i will receive you i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty Now, you and I, we are called, therefore, to promote such separation for ourselves and for our loved ones. And are we doing that? Now, this is not to be a legalistic kind of separation of touch not, taste not, and handle not. But it is to be an evangelical separation, not wanting to serve sin, but to serve God. That is the separation that is pointed to here. Well, now, Abram saw the necessity for such a separation, and it was his last act of faith to ensure that such a separation would be in place and would be maintained for Isaac, his son of promise. It was Abram's last act of faith. Well, then then came the time for Abram to die. As you must see this in the second place, Abram's death and burial. We read in verse 8 Then Abram breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And at the age of 175 years, Abram died. How did Abram die? You might ask peacefully. According to the promise of God recorded in our text, you shall go to your fathers in peace. Abram died in a good old age. He was, so we're told, full of years, as our text says, and that can be translated as satisfied, full of years, satisfied with years. That is how it can be translated. At his death, therefore, Abram was satisfied to leave this life. He was satisfied to know that the life of faith was the best kind of life to live. He was satisfied, therefore, that his faith in God was never disappointed. Some of God's promises... As we know, were already fulfilled. Others were being fulfilled. And Abram was satisfied to know that all of them eventually would be fulfilled. And what he has seen so far, what he has experienced of God's promises, was that it satisfied him. All of God's promises would eventually be fulfilled, and he was at peace with it. And therefore, we are told, Abram died peacefully. Now dear people, will you and I also be able to die peacefully one day knowing that the life of faith was the best life to live? It's a question that we have to ask ourselves. will, Will we also die peacefully? Will you be able to lay down your head in death? satisfied and resting on the promises of God. Now, this can happen only if you know in this life to have found peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Peace through repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. Dying peacefully, you see, it does not come automatically to any churchgoer or to any covenant child. Because if you expect this, you may one day be sadly mistaken. You must, and I want to underline this twice, you must have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, and a personal relationship through faith in Him. You must know something about what it means personally to be forgiven of your sins and that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that He once made on the cross of Golgotha. You cannot die peacefully until you are justified by faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 5 verse 1. And besides that, you cannot die peacefully and rest on the promises of God unless you have been busy in faith with those promises of God as Abram was in his lifetime. And so the question is, how is it with you and with me? Are those promises of God, are they worth something to us? Do they mean something for you and for me? And are we busy with those promises of God? Have we learned through prayer to become busy before the throne of God's grace? Lord God, you have promised this. Please fulfill them. Are you busy venturing out, relying on God's word of promise in your everyday practice of life? Because it will all have meaning for how we will die one day, beloved. Abram died peacefully, satisfied with the years. May this be reported of your and my death one day as well. He, she died peacefully, satisfied with years. And then we are also told yet that Abram was gathered to his people. Now, this is also what God had promised to Abram in our text, Genesis 15 and verse 15. You shall go to your fathers in peace. Now, these are a few words with a very deep meaning. No, they do not have reference to Abram's burial. But they have reference to Abram's life after death. And yes, there is a life after death. The world, of course, teaches that death is the end of our existence, and it is, they call it, annihilation. Just like the animals die, that is how we die. That's what the world says. But the Bible teaches something entirely different, and far more hopeful and glorious. The Bible teaches that there is life after death. It is the gathering to our fathers. And so, when we, believe, when we as believers die, we shall be gathered Two, and we shall meet up with our loved ones who have gone in faith before us. We shall then go to our fathers in peace. So the question can be asked, well, do you have relatives who've died in faith of Jesus Christ? A believing father, a believing mother, or a believing grandfather, believing grandmother, a believing wife, or believing husband? Believing brother, believing sister, or perhaps a believing child. Oh, if you die in faith of this same Jesus Christ, you can be assured from God's word that you will be gathered with them. You will meet up with your loved ones again and together you will be gathered to Jesus the Savior and meet up with him. In fact, he'll be there to embrace you. Abram went to his fathers in peace. He was gathered to his people. At death, no doubt at death, Abram met his beloved Sarah again, and his father Terah, and perhaps his brother Haran, And those who, believing in God, had departed before him. Abram's death, being a believer, gave liberty to the Bible to say of him that he was gathered to his people in peace. Now, dear people, isn't that already a great incentive for you and for me to come to faith, to be sure of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Consider... Your moment of death. How will you die? Where will you go? Well, we do have some young people amongst us, and so I may address you as well. Now, you expect to live a long life, don't you? And You expect that it'll be a long life ahead of you. I don't think that you'll ever attain to the age that Abram attained, 275 years. Perhaps it will only be 10, 20, or 30 years. But even if it would be 75 or 80 years, remember, you too, one day, will have to die unless the Lord Jesus comes before that. Now, dying is like going through a dark tunnel. Or as John Bunyan once described it and explained it, It is like going through a deep river. No one on this earth will be able to go along with you. You will not be able to hold the hand of your mom or dad. You won't be able to hold the hand of your husband or wife as you pass through death. But there is one There is one who offers to hold your hand and to hold you fast. Yes, there is one who even offers to embrace you as you die, and that is the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, you and I, we do not know when we will die. So, this means that it is time to seek the Lord Jesus Christ at this very moment, a brother that I know very well, who I went to Israel with several times, was on his, in the car with his daughter, going to the hospital for a checkup. While he was in the car, he breathed his last. Brother Bertha Young. Just like that. It can happen to you or to me as well. We need to be ready for this dear brothers and sisters, young and old. And so, in order to be ready, we need the Lord Jesus Christ. We need Him. And therefore, it is time, even now, to call on Him, that He may come and live in your heart, young people. It is time to pledge your love. It is time to pledge your allegiance to Him. And now, Today is the time that is right and ripe. And again, young people, Jesus the Savior is such a willing and such a loving Savior. He is so ready to be your Savior. And therefore I urge you, even this hour, that you would turn to Him. He will receive you, you see. And how may you turn to Him, you ask? Well, by confessing your need for Him. By reaching out to him with a heart willing to entrust your whole self to him. And therefore look to him as the Bible also teaches us. We are to look to him and be saved. And he will go with you through death. And he will accompany you every step of the way. He will assure you that you then will be gathered to your people and to himself in peace. Abram died peacefully, satisfied with life and with years. And he was gathered to his people. And then we have that following touching scene yet described for us in Genesis 25, 9, and 10. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite the field which Abram purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abram was buried, and Sarah his wife. Abram's body was put to rest next to the body of his wife, Sarah, and that in the cave of Machpelah, which, as you heard the last time, was the only landed property that Abram had claimed in his lifetime. A gravesite. A grave site. Why? Because Abraham knew that he had no abiding city here and that he confessed himself to be a stranger and a pilgrim here on this earth seeking a better country. That is a heavenly. Someday, someday the trumpet will sound across the heavens and Christ will appear with the clouds. The bodies of Abram and Sarah and all believers shall rise from the dust and shall be gathered to be with him, that is, to be with Christ, body and soul, and be with him, and that for all eternity. Will you be gathered with them, my young friend, my older friend? Will you be there to be gathered to Christ and to enjoy Him and to praise Him forever in eternal bliss? Well, we have come to the conclusion of the life and times of Abraham. We've come to the conclusion of this particular series. But I feel yet the need to say something in the last place about Abraham's faith. Now, dear people, I feel a twitch of sadness that it has come to an end, this series. I must say I've enjoyed studying up for this series, and I must say that I've begun to love this old patriarch and his wife tremendously. I stand amazed what God has done for this man and this woman. And when I saw them weak and falling into sin, I saw something of myself in them. And I would say, Abraham, I can understand that you were sometimes scared for your life and that you opted for a life, Abraham. That's how I would be too. Sarah, I can understand that you became desperate one time and took the matter of getting a child into your own hands. Sarah, I think I would probably do the same thing. I see my sins in your sins. I see my failings in your failings. And dear people, don't you see them for yourself too? Dear brothers and sisters, those failings in Abram and in Sarah, they can be seen in you and in me as well. But what is more, when I saw Abram wrestling in his faith for the promises of God, I saw something tremendous when I saw him venturing out with nothing to hold on but to the word of God and to just go into a country that he had never seen before when I heard him pleading with God for the salvation of people my heart as it were went out to Abraham oh Abraham I want to be like you I want to be a friend of God as well wrestling to trust God more and more. And when I saw Abram in the exercises of faith and his proving his love for God, even above the love of his son Isaac, it left me with great admiration for this hero of faith, Abraham. I pray that he might work such a work of faith, such faith and such love in me as well. And that He would work such faith in each and every one of you as well who are here present and who are listening in. Dear people, has the life and times of Abram not stimulated you to jealous pursuit of such similar faith and such similar love? Well, I hope and pray that this particular series has done something for you. It has for me. Yes, I've tried to be informative. I've tried to be explanatory in some of its details. And therefore, do not consider this series as only just a set of lessons to fill your mind with some information. I've tried to expose Scripture to you by explanation and by application. Please accept the applications that have come from out of this series. God's word has come to us, to you and to me, to show what God can do for his creatures. He can bring them out of darkness into his marvelous light. He did so with Abram and Sarah. God can make superstitious and godless people into faithful, loving believers. He did so with Abram and Sarah. God can make His promises alive and true to those willing to take them seriously. He did so with Abram and Sarah. And dear people, if if God could do this with Abram and with Sarah, He can do it for you and for me. Perhaps you feel yourself in darkness. Perhaps you feel yourself somewhat superstitious yet. And, alas, somewhat distant from God. Call out to God to change you. He will give you the light that is necessary. And He will give you then also the sense of what is right and what is wrong. So that you may draw to Him for help in your needs. Perhaps you feel that those promises of God have little or no meaning for you at all. Well, why not call on Him to show you what those promises are all about? Now, I can tell you some things from the pulpit here, but how much greater it would be when He, God, begins to show Himself to you by His Word and Holy Spirit... Ask Him for it. Ask Him for it. Don't hesitate to do so. Most certainly, do not, as I mentioned this morning, do not procrastinate to do so. Or worse yet, forget about it, doing it altogether. Well now, as we bring this series on the life and times of Abram to a conclusion, who but the Lord Jesus Christ should become the great desirable one? He, by his sacrifice on the cross, earned the right to become the author and the finisher of the faith of Abram and Sarah. God the Father arranged that through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, the promises to Abram would all be fulfilled. Jesus Christ, you see, became Abraham's inspiration to wrestle with those promises and gave him the comfort as well to die peacefully in those promises that they would eventually be fulfilled. Jesus Christ went to the cross in order to sacrifice himself that also a man like Abraham and a woman like Sarah could live by faith and die in peace. And therefore, dear people, young people, older people, let the conclusion and the end result of this series be that Jesus Christ become ours so that we too may live by faith and one one day die in peace. Let the conclusion and the end result of this series be not in praise of Abraham as such, that old and saintly patriarch, but in praise of him who saved and who redeemed Abraham, God our Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, and that on behalf of our triune God, to him be glory now and forevermore. Amen. Let us close.